Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Star Sports Podcast presented by First Federal. It's Friday, September 16th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Quite an evening at Arrowhead. The Chiefs fell behind the LA Chargers by 10 points twice, but rallied for a 27-24 victory in an AFC West showdown. Two plays were huge in this one, both by players named Watson. A 41-yard touchdown pass from Patrick Mahomes to wide receiver Justin Watson woke up the crowd, and then cornerback Jalen Watson stepped in front of a Justin Herbert pass at the goal line and returned it 99 yards for a touchdown to give the Chiefs the lead. On today's podcast, which started as a Sports Beat Live earlier today, the crew of Vihe Gregorian, Sam McDowell, Herbie Teope, and Jesse Newell broke down those plays and had plenty more to discuss. Okay, let's get started. Hey, good morning from GEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, We're at the press box. And uh, just a couple hours ago, the Chiefs put the finishing touches on a 27-24 victory over the Los Angeles Chargers in a tense game. Want to hear what you all think about it. Please let us know with your questions and comments. We're going to talk about this game, which I thought was uh, turned on a couple of, of plays. We're going to talk about those plays and everything else that happened tonight. Uh, show is presented by First Federal Bank, and you'll hear from them later in the show. Evie says it was difficult to watch, but a W, no doubt about it. Uh, maybe difficult to watch in more ways than one, as this was the first game, primetime game ever on Amazon Prime. I guess we will be, um, we'll hear probably later tonight or tomorrow just how the difficulty that people had in tuning into tonight's game. And Bill says, what a game. Chiefs are playing at a high level, and I am all here for it. Yes. Um, so, uh, heck of a game. And let's let's begin with those plays, the two big plays, one on offense, one on defense. To me, maybe you guys have a different opinion on this, but I thought uh, those two plays changed the game. I want to start with the defensive play, even though – I believe the person writing about the play, Vahe Gregorian, is not here yet, but he's going to join us here in a little bit. That's the Jalen Watson interception return, seventh-round draft pick playing in his second NFL game. Tonight was his first NFL start, and he turns in a 99-yard pick six off of Justin Herbert. Sam, let's let's start with you on that. Um, I, I, I was still undecided on how the game was going to go at this point, the Chargers had led by 10 twice, right? 10-0 and 17-7. Chiefs got it tied at 17, and then Jalen Watson steps in and makes an incredible play. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought that the Chiefs were going to lose before that play. I mean, I, I tend to agree. You mentioned the, the two comments we had. Um, I think the first was from Eve. You said the second one was from Bill. I, I agreed a lot more with Eve that <laughs> – this was not a great game for the Chiefs, but I think that's pretty telling, the fact that they won a game despite not playing very well against that team in particular. And that was, to me, reminiscent of what the 2019 team did late in that season and even in the playoffs. Like, they won games when they did not play well. They were not at their best, still came out on top. The way you do that is you have unlikely heroes that stop up in really critical moments of the game. And you mentioned, I mean, the Jalen Watson play is the biggest play of the game. 
Um, Jesse's got another play that I think was two on that list, but I think that the, the, the Jalen Watson play was number one. Um, and God, what, what a, a moment for that kid. I mean, seventh round draft pick, as you mentioned, um, now that Vahe is on the call, um, I should just turn the rest over to him to, to not spoil what he doesn't want to spoil, but, um, just a really cool moment. And, and it, it's cool when it, it's a guy like that, that has it. Pick it up, Vahe. We're talking about Jalen Watson, and I believe that's where you went with your column that will soon be on KansasCity.com. And uh, I think I want to hear from you, and then we're going to hear from Jalen Watson as well. Yeah, and can you hear me, first of all? We got you. Okay. I'm really, I'm really shaken up by the last couple of things that didn't work, so here I am. Um, hey, listen, uh, I, Blair, you wrote a really good story about him uh, during OTAs that I think became the reference point for a lot of people tonight. Uh I think um, if you search his name in Wendy's, I think that's the key search term. And to Sam's point, it's just kind of extra exciting when you see something like that happen for a guy who uh, had a few ups and downs and sort of in an improbable situation, right? I mean, okay, seventh round pick, and here he is going against one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, gets one of the most challenging receivers. That That's his assignment most of the night, right? Or certainly worked out that way with matchups. And uh, had some tough moments. Um, but then, I don't know, I, I, I think you can call that the play of the game. As Chris Jones put it, it changed the whole dynamic of the game. And uh, it was really, I think, uh, sort of a lot of the chatter in the locker room seemed to be uh, about, about the circumstances of that. Not just the play, but the circumstances of it. Pick it up, Herbie. What, uh, do, how did you get a sense of the, the way the game was going until that moment? I tend to agree with Sam. I actually, I, as I'm writing my, my, you know, my, the game stuff, I'm, I had it written out the Chargers are going to win that game, but they needed someone to come up with a play, and it was Jalen Watson who stepped up. You know, Vahe mentions that that was the talk of the locker room, and Frank Clark was saying, you know, my goodness, a rookie to do that on Thursday night football, and, you know, that's a dream come true because as a, as a defensive back, you always dream of a pick six, and for, for Jalen Watson to do it on primetime, or, you know, national audience, well, for those who could actually log on to Amazon Prime. <laughs> but it was a national audience. It, it, so it was just a, it was a game changer. And at that point, you knew the Chiefs were going to win there. Well, you know, it reminded me of the, the, the Broncos game at the end of last year when, was it, was it Nick Bolton that returned the fumble the length of the field? Uh, and uh, it gave the Chiefs a win when Drew Locke was about to take the Broncos in for what might have been a clinching game clinching touchdown. But um, before we hear from Jalen Watson, Jesse, what did, um, uh, what did, what did you see and how did you, how'd you make out that play? Well, you know, Bill Connolly is a great college football stats sort of guy. And he talks about how the three pointers of football are big plays and, you know, the chiefs won the big plays. It's, it's sort of, it feels like one of those games in basketball where you don't play good defense. You're not doing that well. You're kind of moping around, but you make 15 of 32, three pointers. And all of a sudden you look up and you win the game. And that's sort of what it felt like with the chiefs today. You kind of mentioned that Blair. I mean, I think the chiefs were basically beaten today. You know, I, I think that uh, the chargers were better than them on a play by play basis on a down by down basis. But you talk about the Jalen Watson play and we talk about no play being bigger. I looked at some of the expected point stats that play was worth a negative 13 expected points for the Chargers. I mean, you think about 
a three-pointer being big in basketball and a touchdown being big in football, that play was worth 13 points. I mean, the Chargers were on the three. They were about to score a touchdown. You're expected to score six there. Instead, the Chiefs go back the other way, and they score seven themselves. So there was not a bigger play and probably won't be a bigger play, maybe not in football this year in an NFL game. Uh, that's what Jalen Watson made for the Chiefs, and he really saved them. Did, did Vahe just get securityed out of here? Um, can we get some <laughs> clarification on that? <laughs> I was saying some farewells to people, not getting kicked out. Oh, okay. Your farewell tour. Okay. One of the two. It was obviously going to be one of the two. <laughs> well, we still have 20 minutes to go, so uh, anything can happen. Hey, uh, let's – one last thought on on this before we hear from Jalen Watson. I keep teasing that. If we are actually going to hear from him is uh, he makes the interception to prevent the touchdown, which was phenomenal. The Chargers had the ball on the three. He picks it off at the one. But he has to make a move at the 20 to elude the tackle of Justin Herbert. And he makes a nice move, and he's off to the races. So, look, the, the pick to prevent the touchdown was fantastic. And if he'd been tackled at the 20, uh, probably would have not heard the end of it from teammates. But he eluded the uh, Justin Herbert and went into the end zone. So. you got to think he would have been fined or something, with whatever kangaroo court they have, something like that. Yep. Okay, let's get tackled by the quarterback is like comparable to someone getting tackled by the punter or the kicker. So, yeah, he would have heard from his teammates on that one. It's like the the Ben Roethlisberger tackle against the Colts in the playoffs a long time ago, but uh, saved a a, a playoff game for the Steelers. Okay, Monty, let's roll it. Let's hear from uh, the man of the hour, Jalen Watson. So, we knew they liked the um, throw switch routes um, and the high red. So, me and Justin, we worked together. Um, the ball just ended up in my chest, and I took it home. Um, it was a surreal feeling. I'm just so grateful and blessed to be in this position. And um, I didn't even know what to do when I got in the end zone. That's why everyone seen me just standing there. But it's a um, moment I'll never forget. You mentioned that you ran, ran away with the pick. You kind of stopped in the end zone and just looked up, and I imagine that that was quite a sight. What's going through your mind as you were getting that all these fans? I don't know. I don't even remember what happened at the moment. It's, it was just all so surreal. I was just super thankful. When you get that ball, Whoa. Right? <laughs> pretty much the only person who's going to attack you is the quarterback, right? Yep. So take us through the actual run back part of it, and what it, you don't want to get tackled by the quarterback, obviously. Right? Yeah, we have a rule. DBs, you can never get tackled by the quarterback. So that was my first job, making a move on him, then just trying to race to the end zone. How did it feel like Jeff Bezos in the building, all the guys at the Amazon game, all around there? So there's a million stars, but you kind of stole the show tonight. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it, was a, it was a great feeling, man. I'm just, like I said, again and again and again, I'm just thankful. Surreal, thankful. I'm kind of that way, too. You know, it's all kind of surreal to me, just sitting here at Arrowhead Stadium talking to you guys. Very surreal. Um, but it kind of was during the game. It's like, whoa, what just happened? It's amazing. And it, it did it absolutely change the game. I Look, I think that the, the Chargers are uh, an excellent team. I expect to see them in the playoffs, I guess. But a tweet that I saw after the game uh, I thought was interesting. You know, this was a game that uh, Chiefs were favored by. I, I saw anywhere from three and a half to four and a half during the week with the over-under falling um, from 54-and-a-half to 53-and-a-half. Um, and, and there was some sense that the, the, you know, the Chargers had passed the Chiefs in the offseason with the acquisitions of Khalil Mack and J.C. Jackson, 
um, and it's just shored up some some weaknesses, and they were ready to get the Chiefs. And maybe it'll happen that way. Maybe in the end of the season, they, they'll finish ahead of the Chiefs. But right now, uh, Brandon Staley's record as the Chargers coach is 10-9, and nine, and Andy Reid today became the fifth or sixth coach in NFL history to have 100 more victories than losses in his career. And Justin Herbert is not a 500 quarterback as a starter. So, you know, just kind of keep those in mind when you think about what advantages uh, there are to be had in a football game. Hey, while we're on the defense, uh, how about a little uh, little love for Chris Jones? I, I thought was, you know, while Jalen Watson had the single best play of the game, especially, you know, especially on defense, I thought Chris Jones in the second half was a was a monster and a man possessed. Sam, what um, what did you see out of Chris? And Sam has frozen up on us, so um, we will. Uh, Herbie, grab it, will you? I thought uh, the sack, the the tackle for loss. Um, this was. Uh, I, I didn't think he had a terrific first half, but that second half was was great. Yeah, that sack. Remember, he, he helped kill the drive that the Chargers had, obviously, deep in their territory, but he forced them to punt uh, out of there in, in a very bad spot, and that the ball didn't even go that far. But Jones was, was emotional. He was pumped up. Uh, and you could tell that kind of that kind of fed off to some of his teammates there, but he, he played like you were right. He played like a man possessed in that second half, and, you know, Jalen Washington did have that play, but Jones led the charge. Sure. What you th- What you see, Sam? Well, you mentioned the Chargers. Um, I mean, you look at this game from their perspective, and what a terribly deflating loss. I mean, they, like you mentioned, they built their offseason to beat these guys, getting J.C. Jackson, um, getting uh, Khalil Mack. And by the way, everything they did up front worked. The Chiefs offensive line got beat, unlike I think we saw them get beat ever last year. Um, And Patrick Mahomes was outplayed by Justin Herbert tonight. Uh, the Chiefs running game got nothing going. And you had uh, Mahomes throw at least two and I think three or four interceptable balls, two incredibly, obviously, um, interceptable passes. And you lost this game still somehow. And so I just think it's an incredibly deflating loss from the Chargers to where I'm interested to see how they're going to respond to losing that game. Um, but I also think that Winning, like I mentioned earlier, when you're not at the best, is just a sign of a team that that can win a Super Bowl. And so, as much as you might want to want to wanted to have the Chiefs have the sort of game they had in Week One in Arizona and feel to feel great about them, I think I just think that's a quality that that can be long lasting for a season. I think that's a great point by Sam. And, and just to add to it, I mean, and I'm sure I don't know if you've finished writing yet, Sam, but you're getting into all this, but. All these things, there were a lot of things going against the Chiefs tonight. Now, they got a couple gifts, too, um, which is also part of the mojo, right? At some point, like, you know, part of being lucky is thinking you're lucky. And they they really had a couple situations that could have gone sideways with Mahomes and interceptions, for instance. They didn't even have their kicker. Um, no running game. Uh, some some curious decisions in, in um, play, play selection. And, uh, you know hands full with Mike Williams, all kinds of things. And we just, you know, outwilled them and won the game. And, and so I, I, now they're 22 and three in the Mahomes era against the AFC West. And think how just at some point how debilitating that is emotionally to other teams. And like you said, Sam, to see the chargers 
um, what the Chargers must be feeling coming out of this. It's got to be really bite. A lot of things pop in my head here, guys. I'm not going to mention a certain team I used to cover or a certain coach I used to cover, but I will say there's a very successful coach around here who will talk about the games you can win when you don't play well, and it's really important to him. And that's sometimes what happens. The Chiefs, as Sam keeps saying, you know, they won when they didn't play well today, and those victories count just as much as the other ones. To Blair's point, uh, I mean, if we took a poll right now, I know it's a 16-minute game and the Chiefs came out on top. I mean, do you – if we were going to take a poll, do you think the Chargers are better than the Chiefs right now? I mean, it's probably pretty close, right? I, I mean, the Chiefs played this game at home. Uh, they made a bunch of mistakes. I thought the Chargers probably on a play-by-play basis were better than the Chiefs, even though they were on the road. So uh, some of those offseason additions helped, and they seem to be in a position, especially with the schedule they have moving forward, which is easier than the Chiefs, uh, that they can do some things. But uh, another thing I do want to mention, you guys talked about it. So one, Chris Jones did change the game in the second half. We saw him do that against Arizona. Second half, he turned it on. We never really talk about second-half adjustments uh, when teams win usually, and obviously there were some defensively the Chiefs did because they were much better in the second half. One thing to go back and watch the tape, I'll kind of use the coach's term, and I need to watch the tape again, but Mike Williams was tearing it up in the first half. It seemed like the Chiefs stuck Legereus Sneed on him in the second half. Those targets went away. Those receptions went away. So um, maybe something else to watch on rewatch to see if that's kind of part of what the Chiefs did. But obviously more pressure. Another thing interesting they talked about in the post game is this difficult training camp that the Chiefs run, are they in better shape? Are they in better condition? And that helped them in the second half of this game because maybe some other teams don't do things as difficult as Andy Reid does in the heat of St. Joseph. So a couple of things to keep in mind with this game and a couple of things maybe to examine further as we get past this game in the next few days. We're going to have Larry Edwards. Well, yeah, I was yeah, yeah, yeah. Larry, I, heard, I heard you talking to Clyde Edwards Hilaire about that last piece. I thought his answers were pretty interesting. Yeah, and we're going to uh, tell you what we're going to do. Um, we're going to go to a break, and uh, when we come back from the break, you're going to hear Clyde Oberdeller speak to just what Jesse was alluding to. Uh, but first, uh, John says another win versus an AFC contender playing a C-minus game. Love to see it. <laughs> I love to see it, too. That's funny. Um, and uh, Mark Mark Jones dominated the second half like Bosa did in the first half. That's a good observation because Joey Bosa was a game wrecker in the first half. Okay, let's uh, let's hear from First Federal Bank. When I bought my first home, I was searching for listings and negotiating all on my own. Now I'm back in the housing market, and I could not imagine doing that again. But then I found First Federal Bank of Kansas City's expert loan advisors at ffbkc.com. They were kind, knowledgeable, and available 24-7. My loan advisor answered my questions and helped me feel confident all the way through closing. I trust First Federal Bank because they understand banking is personal. Apply today for a home loan at ffbkc.com homes. First Federal Bank of Kansas City. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, this is Blair. There are several ways to access the Star Sports section. Let me tell you about a couple of them. There is Sports Pass. For $12.99 a month, you get unlimited digital access to all of the Star Sports content, including beat writing, columns, features, pretty much everything we write. The deal renews monthly until you tell us to cancel. For $159.99 a year, you get everything the Star has to offer digitally, including sports and the E-Edition. 
go to kansascity.com and drop down to the bottom of the page where it says start a subscription for more information. Your support has never been more important. As always, thanks for reading and listening. Man, I'm like AFC West, AFC West opponent. Uh, this is our division. This is this is what we feel. Uh, being able to, to take, you know, pull, full full possession of, of trying to get that get that home field advantage, you know, later on down the line. This is just one of the stepping stones that we needed to do to get it. And then, you know, when you talk about the training camp, like you guys had. Um, it shows up on nights like tonight, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Um, you know, just, just really having that, I don't like the word, but grit and, and just kind of getting over that getting over that hump. Um, you know, and during camp, those those 110-degree days, and you know you got to go out there and do a long drive drill of 20 plays, knowing that you have to do it and knowing that we have to score at the end is one of those things that it's a test of Coach Reed and the way that he coaches, and not only that, the way we do camp. I know, we, I know we have spoken to that topic before. I really do think there's something to it. The, the, the training camp that the, the Chiefs conduct absolutely helps them in the, uh, the first few weeks of the season uh, in, through, through the end of September as far as I'm concerned. So when you talk about the Chiefs having a tough early schedule, that's a time for the Chiefs to have a tough part of the schedules early, I think, just because of the, um, uh, the way they come into a season. Well, and it also was really good. It was really good editing by Monty really quick because there was about to be a really bad question asked to Clyde. So I'm glad that he cut it off right at the moment he did. Um, I actually do think I stumbled over that question for one. Uh, but the other piece of that early season thing, Blair, is that uh, Mahomes mentioned this. They have a new offense this year with some new guys. And same thing on defense, a lot of new faces, which makes the short week more difficult when it arrives early in the season. You know, I think by week 12, 13, I, I, what week was it they played these guys on a Thursday last year, like week 13, 14 last year, you're accustomed to how things roll from week to week game plan-wise. Two weeks into the season, not so much. I mean, it's the first time they've turned around off of another game in, into game into one. And, you know, with a, a bunch of new guys, they had to they put, a, put together a scheme pretty quickly here. Okay, like I said at the top of the show, I thought there were a couple of plays that uh, that were pivotal tonight. The, the other one was from the other Watson on this roster, uh, Justin Watson, with the 41-yard touchdown reception from Patrick Mahomes that cut the 17 to seven lead. The, the The Chargers had just gone up 17 to seven on the ensuing drive. Uh, Chiefs make it 17-14 with this play. And uh, Jesse, I know you spoke. You spent some time in the post game speaking to Justin Watson. And trying to find out the 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 backstory of the play, and I think you did. Yeah, pretty fascinating. Obviously, this was the play where McCall Hardman came off because of his ankle injury, actually called himself out uh, of the game. But uh, Justin Watson, <laughs> just an interesting story because he said that two years ago that he was with the Bucks and the charge he played the Chargers, and all they did was they just covered his out route. They stayed outside him kept covering the out route. He wanted to run a double move to try to take advantage of it, never did. Actually ran an out route. Tom Brady tried to throw it to him. Chargers had a pick six. They went the other way. So he was actually talking to receivers coaches, uh, Joe Blameyer, the receivers coach for the Chiefs, earlier this week and said, this has been on my mind for two years. If I, if I get in against these guys, I want to run this double move. They're going to sit on this out route. So sure enough, he's coming from the sideline. He's getting in there, rushed in there because McCall Hardman comes off in an injury. And he hears Eric Bieniemy call the play before it gets to Patrick Mahomes, who calls the play in the huddle. And he knows he's about to run this double move when he walks into the game. So he's not only doing that, he's facing J.C. Jackson, who, 
by the way, in most NFL rankings, was ranked the number one cornerback in the NFL last season. Justin Watson is the Chiefs' WR5 on this team. So you're talking about the Chiefs' fifth-best receiver going against the best cornerback in the NFL. What does the best cornerback in the NFL usually do? There's a little bit of film study, probably looks at Justin Watson's film from two years ago and knows this guy runs a bunch of out routes. So Justin Watson starts to go out. He runs the double move and runs up, gets wide open, and it's one of the game-changing plays for the Chiefs. They were down 17-7 at the time. On a third and 10, Patrick Mahomes able to move around the pocket, and uh, Justin Watson got a little bit of revenge because he said this play had been on his mind for two years in the making, this pick six. He wanted to run that double move for the Bucks, never got the chance. He got the chance this week with the help from receivers coach, Eric Bieniemy. made a big play at a big time, and uh, that's the side of sort of fascinating backstory to this touchdown for Justin Watson. Made a huge play at a huge time for the Chiefs. That, I, that I wasn't over there, Jesse. I'm, I'm kind of curious if Justin Watson um, mentioned anything about, you know, putting that bug in the coach's ear at all this week. Yeah, that's exactly what he said. He said he was talking with Joe Blameyer, the receivers coach, and he brought up the situation from two years ago, said, look, the Chargers two years ago played me the out route. They played out. They only played me on that. And because they did that, they got a pick six. I've actually pulled the video uh, from that from uh, a couple of years ago, found the uh, highlight on YouTube. So uh, that's absolutely happened. And heck, it might've been part of the reason that Justin Watson was no longer loved in Tampa Bay. You know how it works. I mean, you're on Tom Brady's bad side, don't run the route that you love, that he might be kind of shuffled off a little bit quicker. So he kept talking about how it was a, a route that was on his mind for the last two years. So obviously something happened because of that, and it's something that was stuck in his mind. But he said, said, said to Joe Blameyer, basically said, if I get a chance, I want to run a double move. I, I, wanna, I want to make up for this particular route. And Joe kind of said, okay. And so when Justin Watson's running in, he hears Eric Bieniemy call that route. It actually, if you look at it, they ran the same route on both sides, the double moves. Marquez Valdez-Scaling was on the other side. He was not as open because with his speed, you're going to play him over the top. With Justin Watson, they were ready for that out route. Justin Watson didn't run the out route. He ran the double move this time and got the touchdown. Great play, great pass, and a nice catch. You know, both hands over his head for the for the reception. One uh, thing, just a beautiful, beautiful play. Just one thing on that pass too, Blair, and, and I, I, I've got to listen back to what Andy Reid said, but, but I think that was one of the plays that Andy made the point about Patrick stepping up and over instead of out and around. And Andy actually used the term that's new uh, in Patrick's repertoire. And, and I think we saw a little bit of a, a, a time or three where it, it was a different route for Patrick with his footwork. And on that pass, Patrick, you can see, is you know kind of lunging forward as he's releasing. It was, it was really an interesting, different kind of play uh, with the same you know, incredible result. It was really a great pass. I mean, Vi, I think you contrast that with the Cincinnati game, what happened in the second half, right? I mean, what happened when Patrick Mahomes sort of panicked in that game? He was running around all over the place. You know, he's running outside the pocket, going in circles, going backwards, you know, had that, you know, turn that Bucker field goal into kind of an adventure at 50 plus yards to try to send that game to overtime. So I agree with what Andy Reid's saying that the footwork, Patrick always has talked about needing to work on it. And sometimes he, he has such good arm strength. He doesn't always square his feet up and have the perfect footwork because he just relies on his arm. He's really good. He has kind of the shortstop motion sometimes with that. But it does seem like he is making a concerted effort to not only not bail out of the pocket, but also not bail backwards where you're really putting your tackles in a tough spot because 
Uh, there's only so much you can block. If you run back 12 yards, I mean, nobody can block and try to save you in that. So he did kind of move up in the pocket and found himself and bought himself some time there. That seems a lot different from, uh, I guess, especially if you're comparing it to the Cincinnati game when things went haywire. That was kind of Patrick Mahomes running around and doing crazy things. This seems kind of more like controlled chaos, and that's what you saw from Patrick today. That's uh, kind of Tom Brady like stepping up in the pocket uh, to, to make the pass like that. All right, I want to kind of I want to leave on this note. Um, we were having this discussion throughout the game, and Herbie, I know you were as, as surprised as as anybody when uh, the the Chargers with the ball facing fourth and two a couple of times near midfield early in the game, and based on you know history and, and the last time the Chargers played the Chiefs, we knew that the Chargers were going to go for it, right? and punted away both times, played the field position game. So three times in, t- in today's game, uh, the Chargers had a fourth and two, uh, and, and Brandon Staley punted twice. And, the, and then the, the first time it happened, he kicked the field goal, 31-yard field goal. They had it down at the, at the, at the Chiefs' 13. I was shocked. How, were, how did you res- – what was your reaction to that? Hey, I was shocked as well. I think the degenerates out there wanted him to go for it. You know, I – I think Sam had the perfect tweet. He had the pot odds. He should have went for it. Uh, But you know what? Maybe he learned his lesson from last year. You know, he gambled entirely too much. It cost him the game. But I think there were a couple of instances today. If he had gambled, you know, maybe we're talking about a different game. Who's going to speak up on the word degenerates? Me or you, Jesse? (laughs) Uh, I want to speak about. Um, I mean, I was, I, I was, the worst, the worst, uh, the worst fourth down decision was Andy Reid's fourth down decision today, though, and he got away with it. I mean, yep. he he, you know, kicked the field goal on fourth and goal from the one yard line down three points because, hey, tying the game seems like a right move to do on the scoreboard, but when you've got a full quarter left, like that was the complete wrong move in that situation. So I. I but I think Brandon Staley got spooked from that game. You know, it sounds like maybe he was listening to a little too many uh, Herbie T.O.P. podcasts or something. I don't know what was going on with them, though. You know, it was interesting. Andy Andy kind of made a point of uh, when he was asked about the fourth and one play, it, it, his body language was really interesting. He was kind of like, uh, you know. Um, but then, he, he, you know, the, 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 what he, the takeaway for him was, you know, you want to come away with points and didn't think it would demoralize. Uh, I think it would be demoralizing if they didn't get anything out of it. Um, but I, I, it looked to me like he was kind of feeling like, I'm not sure we should have done that. I kind of felt like uh, that was that was what his body language was saying. But he also said it was natural for uh, Staley to uh, not do that. To your point, Sam, about being spooked, natural for him to not do that after last year because uh, they got burned by it a bit. I want to speak to the word gambling because I don't like the use of the, that word here because uh, if you have fourth and two against the Chiefs and you have a chance to be aggressive and, and do – what is correct, what do what is right with the math. Again, I, I think you do it. And you also send a message to your team that uh, that you're going for the win. And that's not what the Chargers did tonight. So uh, I, I don't think it's gambling going for it on fourth down. I think it's somebody making a rational move and thinking about this long and hard in the offseason with people that are, are very smart as well. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a shame. It's two thumbs down for me, for both coaches, for their fourth down decisions tonight. <laughs> Uh, because they, they were not wise. But again, uh, the Chiefs prevailed, so we're not going to talk too much about it. Uh, for Brandon Staley, it might be sort of a little bit of hot under the collar. You know what I mean? If you have full confidence in your job security and what you are and what you're going to be, then I think you can make these moves and not really care what the outside world thinks. 
we guys, you guys have kind of all mentioned, I think he cares what the outside world thinks. And I think because of that, he's gotten a lot more conservative. Might have cost his team the game today. Uh, that's, your cue to, that's, that, that, that's your cue to hop on off, Herbie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reminded of the uh, the old Ohio State coach, John Cooper, when he, uh, the, he lost a game, when he uh, – or tied a game is what it, what it was, and he was getting grief from the media about tying the game. And he says something like, yeah, you guys want to gamble, but you want to gamble with my chips. Um, so uh, there was no gambling uh, today. And and uh, Jacob makes a good point. Uh, maybe there was a flashback to the AFC title game last year when they uh, they went for the – they kicked the field goal. I, 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 remind me of the situation. Um, uh, they kicked, end of the first half. The end of the first half they went for at the end of the that's first right. half. That's right. It didn't get in. Um, last, last play of the game. Yeah. And now we think they should have kicked the field goal based on there, uh, there is a difference in that just just super quickly. There's a difference in that because when they didn't get it at the end of the first half against Cincinnati, there was no reward for having the other team have the ball at the one yard line. Today, if they don't get it, the Chargers are pinned back against their own one yard line. Right, right. Okay. Hey guys, it's late. Um big, big thanks to Sam McDowell, Herbie Tiope, Vahi Gregorian, Jesse Newell. Producers, Monty Davis, George Howard, for uh, for staying up and, and talking. And absolute uh, uh, big time uh, f- from our audience tonight to stay with us uh, this late. And I look around, it looks like the, the traffic's all cleared out of the Arrowhead parking lot here. So we can go home now, too. Um, so good night from Arrowhead Stadium. And we'll talk to you again next week. That'll do it for today and this week on Sportsbeat KC. Thanks to our staff of Monty Davis, Randy Mason, George Howard, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. And today we say farewell to Chris Fickett. He's a Sportsbeat KC original. In fact, he was putting together sports podcasts for the star before the show had a formal name. Chris soon starts a new gig outside of the newspaper world, and we wish him the best of luck. A salute to First Federal, their website is ffbkc.com. And a tip of the cap to Vahe Gregorian, Sam McDowell, Herbie Teope, and Jesse Newell for sharing their insights. Read all about the Chiefs-Chargers game with stories from both locker rooms in today's Morning Sports Edition. Go to liveedition.kansascity.com for more information. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another Sportsbeat KC. KC.